driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello and happy Thursday. We have a jam-packed show coming up for you. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk to Representative Stephanie Kifowit and find out what is going on in our state capitol here in Illinois. Uh, hopefully catch us up on all things Springfield. Which And she'll be followed by Jeremy Gorner, who is a reporter for the Chicago Tribune and covering Springfield. So I want to get a little bit of uh, Stephanie's insight on what's going on in our capitol, as well as uh, our, our, our trusty reporter and one of, uh, one of my very good friends, Jeremy Gorner, will join us uh, because there is a, there's a lot on the table. Obviously, we're talking about migrate, the immigrants who have uh, come to Chicago and are looking for a better life, who have been sent here by bus, by plane, uh, many of them uh, unaware of what they're coming to, where they're going even, uh, ill-prepared for the weather that we have. Uh, we have a lot of volunteer organizations that have been stepping up to provide clothing and support services. Uh, and we know that there has been and not just, you know, it, to, it's one thing to say that it has been um, a bumpy road, but we are now more than a year into having arrivals in our city and now to our suburbs, uh, whether it's Winnetka or Woodstock, uh, we know Elk Grove Village, uh, Aurora, uh, where buses are, the the bus companies apparently just say, well, you know, Chicago is impounding our buses, so let's just go to places that are near the city. But then the transportation from those areas into the city, because uh, those communities are also saying we can't handle this. And so I want to know what the conversations are in Springfield. Uh, I know the governor has appealed to the president. And, of course, in D.C., even though the Senate, even though the Republicans in the Senate, people like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell are like, look, we have a plan in place. We have funding for all the things that people are talking about, maybe not to the levels that we had hoped or that are needed, but we have something in place that you guys can agree on in the House. And Speaker Johnson is uh, saying that he who is he who is he turning to for advice? Trump. Turn to Trump to see what he thinks about our border policy and our funding. He is not only is he not the president of the United States, he was a danger to our democracy and to just the very existence of people who are trying their very best to make it day to day. And they're turning to him. Are you kidding me? This guy who just said what we have. Uh, I have a new word. I have a, a, a uh, non-liquid gold. It's a non, non-liquid. What are you talking about? It's corn, corn, we have corn. Oh, my God. I, I, I know that there are things that people will post about the president, um, you know, about, about President Biden. Is it really how do you how do you make this even out? How, I mean, in your brain, if you are all in on Trump, make it make sense to me, because I am very close to just saying we're not we're, we're really not necessarily uh, saying that we are voting for Biden to push back against Trump. It's Trump's supporters. And again, I've said this before. I, I, I get it if you're a Republican and you just no matter what, you can never vote for a Democrat. Explain it to me. Explain to me how party comes before humanity, not just country, just decency, respect for humans. For, and, and I want to know, this is my question to, to Republicans. Explain to me what 
makes any of these action, actions based in your Christianity? Because Speaker Johnson has said, Mike Johnson has said, his worldview is based on the Bible. And I, I cannot find anything in the Bible that says that we should uh, let a mother and her two, ch- two children drown right in front of us and, and spare me the, well, they had it coming. Is that that's essentially the attitude of conservatives are like, well, if they hadn't been, if they hadn't been, if they hadn't been coming, they, if they didn't try crossing the river, whatever your justification is for being unkind. Tell me how that is based in Christianity. I, I really want to know. Did Jesus say, uh, lend, lend a hand and, and help others unless they had it coming. I, I just want to know when, where he says that. Unless unless I do something you don't like that goes contrary to what you think should happen. I, I, I want I want the Bible passage for that. I really do. Because I, I have had it with people swinging the Bible around like a baseball bat to tell us where their values are when it comes to women's autonomy, when it comes to protections for the most vulnerable in our communities. I, I really I want to know where where is where's where's the Christianity in that? If that's what you truly believe. Hmm. I'm so angry, so angry at at the findings today that uh, Merrick Garland, uh, the investigation has led to the, uh, we all knew it, we all saw the videos over and over again in Uvalde, that there was no sense of urgency, there was a lack of leadership, no communication, and I saw someone speaking today uh, in Uvalde in front of the parents a uh, spokesperson said, uh, what, were they, what were they all afraid of with all of their weapons, with all of their training? What were they afraid of? An 18-year-old boy who was five foot six and 140 pounds wet. They were, were they afraid of him? No. They were afraid of the weapon in his hands. And repeatedly, Republicans refused to just, at the very least, what parents are asking for in Uvalde and other places around the country is at least raise the age, the minimum age for having a weapon. Like, at the very least... How is that too much to ask for to say at least be 21 at the very I want more than that. But that's not even a conversation we can have when even the most trained law enforcement were standing in that hallway looking at each other, cowering around corners while children were being slaughtered. And the only way some of them could be identified was by the clothing they were wearing. One little girl because she wore Green Converse, her chucks, her green chucks were the only way they could identify her. Okay. We're going to talk to our friend Yolanda from uh, from One Aim, an organization dedicated to ending gun violence. We're going to talk to her at 6 o'clock today. And uh, I know that this will be top of mind as well as what we are doing in Illinois. Uh, we are doing the best that we can with what's available to us, with the kind of courts that are, of, of course, um, everything, every piece of legislation that is this controversial and has this much conflict will uh, end up in the courts and uh, be determined ultimately, I'm guessing, by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court of the United States has, uh, has in the deliberations regarding uh, Illinois' uh, weapons, uh, the ban on assault weapons and the need to register any weapons and, and uh, really, I, I know that our former candidate for governor was all was saying that uh, you, you, he's got like he's playing cards or something and all of his weapons on his table. Come and get him. It's not what the law says. So thanks for nothing. But you're as useless as uh, as we thought you were when you came out on uh, the 4th of July when people were killed 
at a at a parade and you said, well, we have, we have to move on. We have to get over it. We have to we have to let the celebration continue. Um, so we'll talk to Yolanda from One Aim uh, coming up at six o'clock, and then at six thirty we are going to talk to our friend Brittany. Who, oh man, there's so much going on in this country that we need to be aware of how we can support people, not just here in Illinois trying to get the the work done, but also across the country because that's what it's going to take. And coming up at six thirty, we'll also talk to uh, Brittany Ruland. Uh, she's an Iowa women's rights advocate, and she's just become the national pol- political director for Our Revolution. So if you want to know more about her, go to ourrevolution.com. If you want to read up on. Uh, one aim. We'll be talking to Yolanda Andrazo at uh, at six o'clock, and their their website is one aim il. It's one aim il dot org. And uh, it's five thirty. We'll talk to Jeremy Gorner, and in just a few minutes, ah, we're checking with Representative Stephanie Kifowit. She'll be on the line with us uh, from Sp- I don't know if she's in Springfield. We'll find out when we come back on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for joining us as we drive it home. And we wanted to check in with Representative Stephanie Kifowit. She's a mom, a veteran, and has been a public servant not only in our state legislature, but also in her community. Uh, Representative Kifowit, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Patty? Did you all survive the snow, the snowmageddon? <laughs> I hunkered down. I made a big uh, pot of chili. Uh, all kind of, I, was, I cooked a lot over the last... I find that I cook a lot when it gets like this. I, how, how did you weather the weather? Uh, well, I mean, we did well. I, as, as you know, I was in Japan for uh, the beginning of January, so I kind of bypassed all that bad weather towards the beginning there so i uh just yeah. got back a couple of days ago yeah so. well let's start there for a moment before we start talking about the legislative session uh your son is stationed in japan correct he's on the uss ralph johnson which is stationed in yakuska japan which is just a little bit outside tokyo so for all those wondering we did not feel the earthquake at all <laughs> we were too far <laughs> south and, My phone was blowing up at the wee, uh, wee hours. Some people don't understand the 15-hour the time change there. So ugh. it was like in the middle of the night. My phone was blowing up. Are you okay? Are you okay? We were all okay. <laughs> and and as, as a military family, I mean, your son's in the Navy. You're a Marine. Uh, your husband also mm-hmm. served in the Army? Army, yeah. Yes. And so it's, it's got to be exciting to, to visit him and see how he's doing. How does he, how does he like serving our country? Oh, he likes it. He likes his job. Yeah. He's uh, he's for those that that are in the Navy that understand it. He's a electronic technician, fire control. So he he does things with the radar. He's not allowed to tell me about. So uh, on the ship. So part of the highlight of this trip was we were able to get um, a, a clearance to go on the ship and see the non non uh, you know non secret clearance spaces. So it was really nice. My daughter went with me. So. Uh, we got to uh, really experience his ship and, um, you know, in the base there, it was really great. Had you and then in- my daughter's actually just got engaged to ah. uh, her, her fiance is uh, in the Army National Guard. So it's all around. Wow. You really do. <laughs> it's it's going to be a lot of smack talk between the branches, I'm guessing. 
That does happen around the dinner table, yep. (laughs) Was it your first time in Japan? No, no, I went went last year and visited him, um, you know, because I know when I was stationed in Okinawa, you know, anything that resembles home is just priceless. And so I know what it's like to be, I was away from my family for, you know, a year and some. And so uh, last year I went and visited him as well made sure things were okay, and then uh, this year my daughter and uh, I went to visit him just because I know how important it is, those little touches from home. I sent him care packages. Uh, I sent a care package to my buddies in the desert right now. So, you know, all that stuff that uh, it just just means so much when you're so far away from home and comfort. You know, I haven't heard about care packages in a long time, I think, because we don't, you know, it, it sort of becomes background sound with everything that's going on, right? It doesn't, it doesn't rise to the level as it did as much when we had a lot more military action going on from our end. Uh, are, do you happen to know, and I'll look, I'll look this up, if there are places that we can go to, like, if, you know, people want to put together, like, contribute to care packages, because I know there are a lot, you're right, I know a lot of uh, members of our military appreciate those, and some people don't have families that have the ability to do that, so maybe there are places, I'll, I'll look for that when I get a chance to, to Yeah, and I, I believe that Batavia VFW, most of the VFWs help put together care packages. Um, they can always contact my office and I can uh, send a message to my son and say, hey, give this to people that don't get anything from home on, the, oh, on his ship that. as well. So, But it has to be, it can't be any sailor or any, it, it right. has to go to a person's name. So I sent two big, well, you found my Facebook page. I sent two big boxes to my buddy Chase that's uh, over in the desert right now, over in the Middle East, and I packed it because he said he had 12 guys in his unit. I just packed it for all 12 of them because I, I knew that they should share it. And I put like hot peppers and spices in there, you know, to beef up that chow hall food that tastes like, well, I'm not going to say on the air what it tastes like. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, my God. The, uh, it looks like, it the looks mystery like, meat of the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, the USO of Illinois also does uh, care packages, too. The USO Sweet, Il- Sweet Home Illinois bags and things like that, too. And as Representative Kifwit mentioned, you can contact her office if you'd like to know more. And I know that we have several listeners who uh, were wondering about the uh, – I know you had introduced a le- uh, resolution for our veterans of the Cold War. Was there any action or that, or was that kind of tabled? No, it wasn't tabled. It just didn't get considered last year. Uh, so it, it's going to be on the docket for this year. So I had both dates in there uh, last year, the 2023 and 2024. And so uh, so I hope to pass it uh, relatively quickly so we can honor our Cold War veterans, which is, you know, there was no war going on at that time, but we had Grenada. We had a lot of skirmishes. We had a lot of... Um, a lot of movement of troops that people don't even know about. So I think recognizing the Cold War veterans is, is the right thing to do. They, they, the American legions just opened up their membership to any individual that served, recognizing that uh, while there's no wars during that time, that there is still uh, significant um, risk and uh, significant movement of troops, for lack of a better word. And so it's just the right thing to do for our Cold War veterans to acknowledge their service in a, in a very, very dicey time in our history. Is there any conflict on that or any controversy in regards to do that resolution? No, it was just a timing issue. Gotcha. Yeah. Good, because I'd be like, who do we got to call? Tell us where to go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it, I think it'll pass unanimously. Uh, I think everybody on both sides of the aisle can recognize 
the sacrifices and the service of our Cold War veterans and that that we need to make sure that we remember them every day, too. Outstanding. And now, you know, one of the conversations we've been having in the last couple of weeks, a, a caller to the Tom Hartman show who broadcasts here during the days uh, from 11 to 2 had a caller who said that he thinks that a lot of people are disengaged from politics because part of it is they don't know how it works uh, and they're they're cynical about it. And I realize, you know, one of my goals from the very beginning, as you know, when I started going to Springfield was going down there and trying to tell the story of what happens in Springfield. And before we, you and I got on the air, I was asking you about this legislative session. And so tell us a little bit about the process, because you guys have started. The legislative session goes from now until uh, till the end of May. But there's a whole, there, there's a lot that happens. You're, you're all back in your districts doing the work of the people there as well. Um, and, and you won't be going back to Springfield for a few weeks. So tell us what the, this first week is about and, and how this unfolds going forward. Well, first, I think people are disengaged because they focus more on the national level. And uh, right now we have individuals that are putting um, their own ideologies before the good of the people. And that, that uh, you know, is just not the role of government. The role of government is for compromise and to make sure that we are focusing to to help people's lives. And so when people are working at the federal government, they're completely confused and they think that it's a big mess, which it is a big mess right now. But on the state level, we're pretty functional. And if people want to drill down and look at the state level, we're, we, we're getting things going in the right direction. So uh, you're correct. This was our first week back in Springfield on the House floor. We didn't spend a lot of time on the House floor, but I spent a lot of time in meetings because this is our bill drafting week. So what does that mean to draft the bill? It means we give all the information we can to the the lawyers in our legislative research bureau, and they look at every statute and every uh, law on the books to find out where this language has to go, and that takes quite a while. So this was our week to get all our legislation in. Some legislation came from residents, like you said. Residents come down, they ask us, they talk to us, they engage with us. Uh, Some of it comes from organizations, and and some of it also comes from uh, what we were working on last year, carrying over to this year. So uh, so that's what we did this week. We have a two-week break, which isn't really a break because in these two weeks, uh, local units of government, organizations, uh, various different groups are having uh, legislators uh, in their meetings and in their offices to kind of pregame the session ahead. And then we go back February 6th hopefully uh, to be able to file. We're going to be filing legislation these two weeks as they come out of our Legislative Research Bureau, but hopefully uh, February 6th, we're going to start committees and then the budget address is in February. So we're looking forward to hearing what the governor has to say in the state of the state budget address, which will include our ninth credit upgrade. That's nine. One more is a full double 10. So, you know, uh, a full double handed 10. So uh, we're at nine credit upgrades. Who would have thought you were there during the Rana years? Who would have thought, right? I'm just saying our office is very happy as well. And the comptroller's uh, <laughs> office were very yeah. excited because uh, it was, it was, we, we were downgrade. I think just in the, the amount of time I was in spring, I think five times in less than two years, which was crazy. And and that was the- it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And and we're we're Democrats. We're fiscally responsible Democrats. We have nine credit upgrades. The other governor was a Republican. We had, as you said, more than five credit downgrades. Yeah. So. In a very we guys short are recognizing. Time. Yeah, sorry. We guys are recognizing who is the fiscal responsible party here. And and that would be uh, the Democratic Party yep. that has the governor's office, the House and the Senate. And that rainy day fund is looking good, too, because heading into the pandemic, I think it was less than half a million dollars, wasn't it? 
It was 60,000, I think. Oh, it was my something God. ridiculously it was low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is remarkable uh, how much we have been able to turn this around and the amount of debt that Rauner put us into. I want to say it was like $17 billion we had to dig out of. Billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. $17 billion. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I, and and it yeah, really, he made he made the Blagojevich years look good. The good old days. People were going around <laughs> saying, "Wow, the good old days was Blagojevich," and now we got Ronner diving us way head dive, nose dive right into seventeen billion with a B, billion with a B. And and the comptroller's office, Susanna Mendoza, and everybody has been working extremely hard, extremely hard to not only reverse that but get us in a position where we've now had nine credit upgrades and um, everybody in Illinois should be proud of that. I think so too. And there's still a lot of work to do. I mean, a lot of it is, is the layers of, you know, where, where check originates, where, how it gets sent and those kinds of things that we're trying to also make sure that people uh, are getting paid on time. Cause that was what was having, you know, there were, there were providers like let's say early intervention providers giving physical therapy, developmental therapy to infants and babies that were going six months without pay under Rauner. It was unbelievable. Well, six yeah. months was good. I mean, yeah. we had school districts that were 18 months behind. We had yep. doctors that were 12 months, 18 months. And, and you recall the, um, the situation where the equipment company sent the sheriff to repossess a child's oxygen tank. Yep. And uh, then how is the child going to gonna like live well, well, that without was, oxygen? That was a yep. huge issue. You know, so... Um, well, yeah, that, six months back then was like well, some of that you were doing good. It, well, the, some of the and, that, and I know that the, there's early intervention providers going. Nope, it was a year, eighteen months for me too. And I know that some of that when they were repossessing some of the equipment, it was also a push to put some of those individuals who were being cared for at home and revoking their equipment to force them to place their child or their family member in a home. The state was telling people, like, look, it's just cheaper for us to put them in. It was it was horrible. So uh, it, it things are definitely looking up. What are you focused on? What are some of the pieces of legislation that you're you're looking at uh, getting worked on this session? Well, one of, one of the things, as as you know, uh, being the only female veteran who was a Marine. Now, we just have a n- another new member who is a Marine Corps veteran. He served um 21 years. He retired. I served one term, four years. Uh, just got appointed to Mike Marone's class, uh, seat on the other side of the aisle. So very excited to be working with him. But I'm working with our state liaison to the Department of Defense, uh, looking at anti-discrimination uh, laws and um, making sure that our um, DOD, Department of Defense families that are here in the state of Illinois are, are well protected and taken care of. So I'm working um, closely with that. As you know, we have Great Lakes, Rock Island Arsenal, and Scott Air Force Base here in the great state of Illinois. And then uh, being the chair of pensions, we're still looking at pensions and working to solve uh, that that situation that we are in. It's multifaceted. I'll put you to sleep. I can talk to you about it for hours. But um, uh, the workers need to have good pensions so they can retire properly and with dignity and the state needs to have good fiscal policy so we can continue our uh, fiscal uh, responsibility and being um, you know responsible to the taxpayers and to the employees so those are the two big nuggets uh, that I'm I'm working on as well as a couple other smaller pieces of legislation that come across my desk but those are the two you know those are some two small small little subject matters there you know <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, I'm so glad to get the update from you, and we look forward to connecting with you to find out how things progress in February. I know there's a lot of issues that, that uh, people want to know about, whether it's, whether it's the elected school board, uh, obviously funding to provide support services for migrants, uh, just to name a couple. Uh, and as you mentioned, the budget address is coming up, and we're going to check in with uh, Jeremy Gorner from the Chicago Tribune in just a few minutes. So I, I want to thank you so much for checking in with us, for your generosity with your time and insight. And we look forward to having you back in studio. Uh, and this time I'll, I'll remind you ahead of time that we have a live stream video. I apologize for last time. <laughs> <laughs> I am very, very good to keep people informed. But no, anytime, you know, call anytime. I'll be happy to give you an update. Things are really going to start rock and rolling after the governor's budget address and the state of the state address. And uh, and we start really diving into I'm on the revenue committee. So we're going to be starting diving in all those numbers uh, to meet those things that you said and other things that. Um, are are uh, always a need, always a need. We're underfunding our universities still. Uh, We're doing a better job, but we still need to fund our universities and our K-12 and uh, provide child care. Um, I have a bill to look at um, a tax credit for child care centers that work in uh, different hours for shift workers. So right. got to try and, and do that, too. So there's a lot going on, but it'll, it'll start rocking and rolling after the budget address in the state of the state. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Rep. Have a wonderful evening. We'll talk to you again soon. You too. Take care. Have a great one. Thanks. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay, That's uh, Representative. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's Representative Stephanie Kivowit. We come back. We'll talk to the Chicago Tribune's Jeremy Gorner and find out more about what's, what people are talking about in our state's capital on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy. Back. Buy yours at Beer on Central in Evanston, D&D Finer Foods in Evanston, Rogers Park Provisions, Provisions Uptown, and Beer Shop Oak Park. Must be 21. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We just checked in with Representative Stephanie Kifowit to find out what's going on during the first week of the legislative session. Uh, as she mentioned, they've already... Uh, at least the House has adjourned until February 6th. And joining us to tell us what's going on uh, from his end, uh, the, from the Chicago Tribune, it's Jeremy Gorner. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing today? Hey, Patty, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, I was like, I'm like, I was listening to Eric Zorn on uh, on Jones, and I'm like, you know who I haven't talked to? So, you know, you can always nudge me, too, and go, hey, you know, if you wanted to catch us up on anything, we'd love to hear from you anytime your schedule allows. Sure. Excellent. Sure, sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, you, How many years now have you been covering Springfield? Oh, I started the beat, Patty, um, October 2021. Um, I mean, I oh. was... Uh, I was, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I covered the Chicago Police Department for more than 10 years before that. So, um, you know, 2021, so we're talking a little over two years. So I'm learning something new every day on this beat. <laughs> I mean, it just, I mean, the, the, you know, obviously the enormity of, uh, of state government. I mean, you're learning something new every day, but, uh, but, but, but it's fun. It's exciting. Well, you thought it was going to be a cakewalk compared to covering the police department. And I, I would, I would think you'd be like, Oh, okay. I can go to Springfield. This will be, this will be a cakewalk. And then you're like, Whoa, there's a lot going on down here. No, not, not, not just, not, not a cakewalk. More like, um, you know, just tackling, you know, subject matter yeah. that, uh, I never really covered before. I mean, my, I covered, 
um, mostly uh, like criminal justice issues, law enforcement issues, police accountability issues. Um, you know, so when I came to the to Springfield, um, I think that you know what I had covered before translated well just you know into covering the state house because that's when you know revisions to the safety act were being debated um and then you have the assault weapons ban so you know which was subject matter that I covered a lot on the police beat so it's it, so so but you know in addition to that you know learning how a budget works and um you know of course other issues of the day um you know has really been what I'm really trying to sink my teeth into education et cetera you yeah. know um, so when you hear things like uh, Gombe and uh, the right. <laughs> so many some of the elements of the budget, uh, which I did not realize the budget address wasn't until How the various state agencies work and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I thought the budget address was typically in January. Has it always been in February? You know, it, since I've been on the beat, it's been in February. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm misremembering. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Although, yeah, no, it's been, it's. I think it's a little later than it was last year, but yeah, it's 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 it is uh, mid to late February this year, to my understanding. Yeah, yeah gotcha. So they came in in this. I know the House, as Representative Stephanie Kifowit told us, uh, they're done for the week until February sixth. Is the Senate Correct. still in session? No, Senate also adjourned yesterday. Um, you know, House and Senate were initially scheduled to be in today, but they both. Uh, adjourned a day early, uh, which is pretty typical. I mean, you know, you see that at the beginning of of, uh, session in January, um, where things are usually, um, you know, really don't start to to pick up. I believe Representative Kiffo has said it, you know, after the governor's budget address and state of the state address, that's usually when uh, the committee hearings really start to ramp up and you start to kind of get an idea of what might be um, emphasized uh, going into the budget for the next fiscal year. Right. And, and 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 also, Patty, we have an election on March 19th. So it is an election year. So the other thing, too, is, you know, are, are lawmakers likely to rock the boat with major um, legislation before March 19th? I mean, you know, probably not. But, you know, that, of course, remains to be seen as well. Well, and that's that's what I was going to ask you about is, you know, what what are some of the things that uh, people are talking about? You know, the they often say that sure. our budget is our uh, is our morals. Right. Our budget reflects what we aspire to in this in the state and you know where we put our money and our attention, whether it's health care, uh, education. Uh, these are some of the, the big tickets. There's certain things that have to be paid for that are already built into the budget. Then everybody kind of tries to, you know, negotiate and move all the, the levers of power. Uh, to get what they need or want. Uh, what are you hearing in regards to, uh, I guess, the, one of the biggest stories in Springfield and, and uh, news breaking in Chicago about the migrant, not just the funding, but also how the money is spent, which I think is is just uh, such a train wreck right now. But uh, look, I'm not the one overseeing any of this. What, what are you hearing in Springfield? Yeah, I mean, so really with the, spend, with the, with the migrant spending, I mean, let's go back to... Um, from August of 2022 until now, Patty, um, state, the state alone, the Pritzker administration has said that they've um, shelled out um, somewhere in the neighborhood of $640 million towards the uh, asylum seeker effort. And um, about $160 million of that was announced, I want to say, around November um, by Pritzker. So the point is, is that, you know, this is a... 
This is a crisis that doesn't seem to show any end in sight, right? And I know that uh, last week, um, so so first of all, the governor is usually, he usually keeps details about the budget uh, pretty close to the vest, you know, un, you know, until the unveiling of his budget address, you know, which is not going to be for another month or so. But what we can anticipate, what we'll probably see, um, you know, we spoke last week with House Speaker uh, Chris Welch, and uh, he acknowledged that, uh, you know, funding, you know, continued funding for the migrant effort is going to be the top of everyone's mind, right? We just don't know. We just don't know what that funding is going to look like um, to continue. I mean, we have a, you know, we're going, we're, we're going to be possibly ending the fiscal year, I believe, around a $422 million surplus, but there, there could, or I think that's what we have now or what um, it's looking like um, before the new fiscal year, but we're also looking at a budget shortfall of around $900 million. So there's going to be a lot, you know, a lot of discussions that are going to be had in this migrant uh, crisis is, um, you know, could really be, it's going to be very crucial, you know, to see like what the Democrats, um, what the Democratic supermajority does. I mean, a lot of this money is going for shelter, food, um, you know, really, you know, infrastructure for migrants, services for migrants, you know, a lot of want to get work authorization. So, I mean, a lot of this money is going towards those efforts, but, you know, $640 million um, in under two years, um, you know, there, there really hasn't been an end in sight. Obviously, the Pritzker administration has really pleaded with the Biden administration to try to help with some money on the federal end. And there's a lot of bickering in Congress. You know, they you know, you have Republicans saying that Democrats aren't doing enough to secure doing enough to secure the southern border. Democrats say Republicans aren't willing to engage with them about coming to a solution. So you have all this going on in the background on in, in the background on the federal level, Patty, and that's really complicating a lot of efforts um, uh. on the state's end. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I really am trying to be as uh, calm. I guess is the best way to put it. You know, we have people who are arriving here without even uh, enough clothing to protect them from the kind of weather. Right. I mean, and, and not just the clothing, but the they don't even have the experience of being in weather like this. You know, cold weather from where the, many right. of these folks come from is like the coldest might be forty degrees. If there's ice, sure. it's, you know, it's, it's a, a unique experience, and, and I it's just heartbreaking. And there's so many volunteers. Volunteer groups. In addition to the the money that the state is giving, I mean, there are people. You know this. There are volunteers working twenty four seven, who go unpaid and are, are giving people as much as they can from donations. It's just mind boggling to me with some of the investigative reports, like that uh, High Ridge Y up in uh, and you know Ridge. West Rogers Park. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it was like seven million dollars in one month, and people. It's mm-hmm. it's just like I, I want to know where the uh, there's got to be like an auditor somewhere who's like losing their mind over this. But that's, yeah. that's not what we're covering because uh, I did hear uh, that the President Harmon in the Senate was saying that he's he's siding with the Black Caucus in regards to look, you know, we keep right. telling homeless people and and impoverished people and in communities that have been choked off from economic opportunities that we don't have the money, and now we're putting all this money into people who are newly arrived. So what do you see any, uh, you know, path forward? Because now it feels as though we're pitting people of color against each other a little bit. Does that, does that 
Well, well, yeah, no, it's that's an interesting it's an interesting observation, Patty, because I think what you, what we've seen, you know, in the last several months, is um, some infighting among Democrats. Like you have progressives, you you know, like the governor who want to tout Illinois as a welcoming state, you know, and Chicago is a welcoming city. I mean, Mayor Mayor Johnson touting Chicago is a welcoming city, you know, for everyone, migrants, you know, everyone. Um, you know, but at the same time, you also have people who live in, you know, you know, who live like in neighborhoods, you know, that have been disenfranchised for years, who have been starving for resources from state and local governments, who see that, you know, state and local governments are providing millions upon millions of dollars of funding for the migrant effort. And, you know, a lot of these communities are saying, you know, what about us? You know, you've been neglecting neighborhoods on the south and west sides of Chicago for years and years and years. What about us? And so you're what you're seeing is a lot of, um, you know, and, and you're hearing that, too, from, you know, that infighting between progressives and moderate Democrats on that issue. And what you're seeing now with Harmon's comments is it seems like, you know, he's fine. You know, he's come along to say publicly, like, look. You know, if we're going to have any kind of funding package for the migrant effort, it can't only be for the migrant effort. It's got to be for everybody, yeah. basically, um, everybody who is starving resources, you know, communities that are starving resources. So yeah. that's so as far as I think that the, the unanswered question there is, what is a price tag on that look like? And it, it's going to be really hard to tell. I mean, like I said, $640 million since August of 2022, that's only going to climb. We don't, you know, every, you know, Pritzker, I think, just announced another $17 million last week. Um, I'm, I think it's safe to say that it's gonna, they're going to need a lot more than that. You know, going into the into the coming months as winter continues, especially. Oh, man. And again, I go back to, you know, it seems like the people that are making money are these contractors, you know, whether it's uh, I can't remember, was it Fair Health or something like that? Just making, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing a state or a city contract and somehow, you know, I, I, look, we could go on and on about that, too, because I've talked to people who say that there have been off duty police officers who are, you know, or retired police officers. I apologize. I know it was retired, uh, you know, that get there and like not doing anything until 11. They're charging overtime. They're, uh, you know, right. working 12 hour shifts, seven days a week. And it's it's remarkable. Um, so, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it seems like a lot of money out the door. And now everybody has ideas about where, what buildings we can use. And look, I have my own ideas. And we heard a friend of ours in the last hour talking about how Tony, Tony Fitzpatrick was saying, why not use all the closed schools? So everyone seems to have ideas. And it just right. seems like we're just throwing money out the door. And it's, it's heartbreaking for everybody, I think, and, and seeing this. Well, yeah. well, no, no. I mean, um, you know, you know to, to what you just said, yeah. I mean, there were some, you know, the archdiocese was trying to, you know, look for space, obviously, um, you know, you know, presumably uh, schools that are closing are already closed, um, you know, as you right. know, for potential sites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's right. there's I can't remember what town this is. Uh, I, I, there's apparently a pastor in another city had opened his church up for migrants and he was I think it was Ohio and they were mm-hmm. taking him to court. And it's like, well, this is if there are churches that don't have to pay taxes there, what, like what this seems like one of the services that would be helpful to the community. But that, again, uh, not for us to solve, but to, to discuss. And, and uh, I know that you're covering a lot of this. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. what do you see as far as uh, other issues? 
issues. Oh, I think the the elected school board that was a little yeah. uh, a little contentious uh, the, in the veto session. Uh, the House had right. one bill, I think, with uh, Representative Ann Williams. Uh, the Senate had another. I'm not sure who was uh, mm-hmm. carrying that one, but uh, but uh, it was it was, uh, it was Harmon and, was. and I believe okay. Rob Martwick. Rob Martwick had also been behind a lot of those efforts. As well, you know, being right. in the Senate, so yeah, well, yeah. So I, I've I've tried to. But, not, but, but this, 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 yes. this, this last bill was made with President Harmon, though. I mean, yeah. so yeah. Yes, because yeah. So here's what. So when Martwick was putting the legislation together in the House, and and and, mm-hmm. and this is something I try to remind people of that one of the reasons that Lori Lightfoot won was that very bizarre. Uh, press conference that, you know, Martwick was uh, kind of in the front row and they got into it. And then when, when he All was, right. yeah. right, and part of, you know, the crafting of the elected school board in conjunction and in collaboration with CTU, and this is where it comes into Harmon, right, is that CTU, Martwick all wanted there to be less power from the mayor. Because, you know, it was all appointed. But now that they have a mayor, what sounds like to me that now that they have a mayor that's friendly to CTU, they're trying to, you know, go back. I mean, Rich Miller has reported on this, that Harmon is essentially giving CTU what they originally asked for. And CTU is saying, oh, no, no, never mind. We want this other one. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, the House, well, you know, basically what you saw in the fall. Um, and then also, to, and also as a reminder too, I mean, Mayor Lightfoot was against that legislation yep. for the elected school board, obviously. Um, and but, uh, but did she campaign? You know, but, but, she campaigned on supporting it, but then wanted it to be something. Like mm-hmm. she, she thought it was too big, I think. But that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, it's minor. She. Yeah, because I know, like in the end, whatever happened, like ultimately, yeah, she, you know, had been basically, you know found herself, you know, not in favor of right. it, of, you know, of course. Um, go ahead, Patty, sorry. No, 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 no. but so, so now we have, again, these two bills, uh, and, and it, it, they have until, I guess they gave themselves a deadline of April 1st, but right. But when do petitions go out for people to even run for this board? It seems so, like, yeah. So, that's, the, so that's, that's a big question, right? I mean, like I said, March 19th is the primary, and, you know, do, do lawmakers want to rock the boat before then? Well, the the one big lingering issue they have is this April 1st deadline. It's a self-imposed deadline. Lawmakers do this all the time. <laughs> they set these deadlines. But in this case, the deadline has already been extended once. It was initially supposed to be last summer. Um, I believe it was July 1st where they were supposed to come up with, uh, um, you know, the, the boundaries for the school map. But they had they kicked it to April first, and then what you saw in veto session, you had like you were you said before these dueling plans from Representative Williams on the House side and President Harmon on the Senate side, and the the House, I mean, in House Democrats basically, you know, in veto session acknowledged that you know the, the CTU was in opposition of Harmon's plan, um, and. That's number one. And number two, that what they said publicly was that they just didn't have time to digest Harmon's plan because he really caught people by surprise by wanting all 20 seats to be up for election in November. Whereas, you know, with Ann Williams's plan, it was the 10 out of the 20. And then they would gradually, you know, move to all 20 being um, comprising an elected school board, I believe, by 2026. But the, the, the point is, is that. Um, you know, CTU was, you know, was obviously not, they weren't in favor of the Harmon plan, but now Harmon has basically said that everything is up for negotiation. 
And um, but to your point about petitions, that's been an issue among advocates is, you know, if you want to run for school board, you know, you have to win over voters. And if they, you know, approve a map before April 1st, they only really have a couple of months to com- to campaign because the election is in November. Um, or it's like seven months, I believe. Whereas, you know, if, if if this was done by the deadline last year, they would have had close to a year and a half to campaign. Yep. So that is that is a concern. I remember we asked Harmon about that at the end of veto session, and he kind of downplayed that a little bit as as a concern. But 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 nonetheless, I believe that still does persist, and and all the more reason for lawmakers to um, you know to get their their ducks in a row by April first for that map. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting uh, lift, I think, for people who want to run. And we don't know yet if it's going to be half and half, meaning half appointed and half elected, as you mentioned. Right. Uh, so it's just it's in which which districts. I mean, even crafting the map was a, co- a complete crap show. And I I listened to a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of the hearings. Uh, and it was, you know, they were everyone was trying to do their best to make sure that people were, were well represented. Uh, and speaking of the primary, uh, I know what's going to happen in March is that there are going to be a lot of legislators who are sent home to make sure that they uh, hold their seats, aren't they? Right. And um, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's another, right, exactly. another wrench in the whole thing. I mean, yeah, right. Can, can I tell you a quick story? Uh, I just have to, just because I, I just sure. think of the, the when I ran, um, I was they was they were in session, and the uh, legislator I was running against, you know, was supposed to be in Springfield, and uh, said that they had. I, I don't know what their excuse was for not being there because I was on a porch while they were in session, and this guy goes, "Oh, Lindsay Lapointe was just here," and we got the ring bell of her being on a porch when she was supposed to be in Springfield. Oh, it was one of my favorite things. Anyway, but 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 for that, I mean, when they were, and that was because they were nervous, which I guess I should feel good about. But um, the but they do get a break. I think that they at least under Madigan, because Madigan had a very tight schedule for what legislators had to do in order to win their their seats and hold their seats. Are you getting that sense? As far as are there a lot of Democrats that are vulnerable right now? I don't think there are that many, really. Are there? No, I mean, we haven't really gotten that sense uh, on the Democratic side. I think whatever does happen in the primary, um, I mean, Democrats on, in the House and Senate still comprise the supermajority. I mean, that's, you know, you know, that doesn't the, the Republicans, you know, don't really have a shot in overtaking that by November. So the question is, is, well, are there any interesting primary races? I mean, there are a couple to watch. I know on the Democratic side. Um, in the northwest side, um, you know, you have Natalie Toro and, and Gracie Ella Guzman. That's going to be a really interesting race. But other than that, um, we haven't heard about there haven't been like, you know, a lot of heaters to really, um, <laughs> um, you know, to really pay attention to just yet. I mean, we haven't there, there haven't been, uh, you know, too, too many advertisements about that. So, I mean, but, you know, there are always a few here and there that are. Um, you know, going to be interesting. I haven't really heard anything about, you know, certain seats being vulnerable, really, at least on the Democratic side. And for folks who uh, are wondering, so every single House rep is up for a reelection or election. And in the Senate, it depends on where they are on the calendar year. Is that right? So some are some are on, on two. Yeah, and some it's, are on it's 23 of the 59, 23 of the 59. 
are up in the in the Senate. So, folks, uh, right. you know, one of the reasons I have conversations with reporters like Jeremy Gorner is is to make sure that you know what's going on in Springfield. And ultimately, Jeremy, like what they do down there affects us. You know, the two issues that we just touched on affect every single community in this state, uh, and that's you know the funding mm-hmm. f- for, for this migrant crisis and education. Uh, and, and I mean, right. how much is your impression? Of, and you mentioned we talked about at the beginning that that you know your coverage of the you know, Chicago Police Department over ten years. And you're learning a lot of things in Springfield. What what has surprised you the most about you know Springfield and, and what you've learned about local government? You didn't expect that question, did you? Sorry. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's some, what's <laughs> yeah, what surprises you the most? Um, yeah, is there one thing if you well, take a step back? Well, no. I mean, I guess what's, I guess what's interesting, is, you know, just just to me is that um, you know, speaking with elected officials, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you know when you walk the halls through the Capitol. And you want to talk to elected officials, you can just do it with the snap of your fingers. It was a little diff- more difficult to do that on the police beat. A lot of, uh, I mean, that was, that, that to me was, you know, the the biggest uh, surprise. You know, I kind of expected that, but, you know, when you put theory into practice, that's, uh, that's different. But that's I, I guess, like, but I guess, you know, um, you know, I, I guess what I'll say is that, you know, when you hear about, when you cover certain cases, you know, that, um, you know, horrific crimes, right? And, you know, you follow them through the court system and you, um, and I'm not even talking about the Safety Act or, you know, know, the Pretrial Fairness Act, which is part of the Safety Act or anything, but like just how the sausage gets made and Mm -hmm. basically why certain people were charged the way they were and how did that originate and, you know, looking at the legislative history of that. I mean, I've read up a, a little bit on that as well. And, you know, you kind of get a you kind of get a sense of, you know, um, how that carries over, I guess, if that makes sense, right. you know, into practice, into practice, yeah. you know, um, you know, on, you know, on the streets, you know, you know, um, or in, in the courts, I should say, sure. um, you know, because, you know, they're obviously, especially now, like, I mean, one big issue like that, that I remember came up that had always come up you know, when I was on the police beat was, you know, the, the issue of penalty enhancements, you know, there was always a, you know, there's always been tension between the, you know, Chicago police and Cook County prosecutors. I know, um, you, you, you know, I know Kim Fox, of course, gets a lot of criticism, but you know what? So did Anita Alvarez. I'm sure Dick Devine did as well. There's always been that, that tension. And then you kind of learn historically that, well, uh, there were a lot of laws passed, you know, that um, increased penalties for certain crimes, you know, like aggravated bag or battery or other violent crimes, whereas you see a more moderate um, legislature, you know, back then. You know, we're talking in the last 10, 15 years, probably, you know, during the Queen years, maybe even before that. But now it's it's very progressive. So what you're seeing in the last five years, you're seeing a lot of unwillingness from Democrats to go anywhere near penalty enhancements. There was a there was a bill that was on the table at the end of veto session that would um, that would have incre- that would have um, extended uh, penalty enhancements for felony gun possession that was supposed to expire at the end of this year. That bill went nowhere, but that was a bill that originated under Rahm, under Rauner, and it was agreed upon by Rahm Emanuel. You know, one of the one of the rare policy decisions they agreed on that when Chicago saw a rise in violence 
around, you know, 2016, 2017, their answer was let's prosecute repeat gun offenders. Well, data has shown since then it's, it's incomplete. We haven't seen any evidence that that's reduced violence. And that's been kind of the impetus of these legislators to not you know, extend a law like that because they see that penalty enhancements for crimes like that, at least according to the evidence that's out there, hasn't really done much good. So my point is, is that that's how that kind of stuff yeah. dovetails into, you know, the kind of stuff that you see, you know, unravel in the courts and that you see unravel, you know, in the law enforcement world, yeah, if, no, if that makes sense. It, right? does, it does, because <laughs> because you've been there for a lot of uh, what, when that legislation was debated and then seeing it, as you mentioned, in, in real world practice. And a lot of that's in the courtrooms right. and, you know, obviously a lot of public debate. We've been talking to Jeremy Gorner from the Chicago Tribune, and uh, we'd love to talk, check in with you as the session progresses. I know that's a couple weeks off for them. So maybe in early February uh, we can catch up with you again if that works. Yeah, sounds great. Excellent. And, and let me know when you're in town. Come on in studio anytime, please. We'll do. We'll do. Absolutely. All right. Be well, Jeremy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Patty. You too. Take care. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to our friend Yolanda from One Aim coming up on just, in just a few minute, moments. It's Yolanda Andrazo from uh, One Aim, whose mission is to end gun violence. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And we want to thank our friends in Minneapolis-St. Paul listening on KTNF 950 AM. And uh, we want to bring our guest on, on the air to introduce you to her. She's Yolanda Andrazo, who is the executive director of One Aim Illinois. Thank you so much for joining us today, Yolanda. Thank you so much for having me, Patty, on your show once again. Oh, my, my pleasure and my pleasure to work alongside you with One Aim. And for folks who don't know, because we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but I think a lot of people hear it, hear me mention it. Uh, tell us what One Aim does, what your organization is all about. One Aim Illinois is a black-led nonprofit organization uh, dedicated to uniting communities, leaders, and activists in a shared mission to curb gun violence across our state. And with a focus on collaboration, we address this complex issue through policy, education, and direct community engagement. You know, we understand that reducing gun violence is not a singular effort, and, and also that our black and brown communities have been disproportionately impacted by this um, public health epidemic. And as a black woman, I have been personally impacted by gun violence, which is why I am so honored uh, to lead One Aim's mission. I appreciate that so much. And, and, uh, and I know a lot of people are, are grateful for the work you do. And we've been talking in the last hour about the Illinois legislature, that they're back in session. Uh, they've been meeting and uh, submitting bills. What can you tell our listeners about, with the, uh, give, maybe give us an overview of One Aim Illinois' legislative priorities for this year? Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, so we have a broad spectrum of priorities moving forward into 2024, including about, you know, five different policies that we're looking at. One is Karina's bill, which would strengthen protections for domestic violence survivors. Uh, two is the Homicide Victims Families Rights Act, which seeks justice for cold cases. Uh, three is the Lost and Stolen Guns Bill. A bill, um, and then also more public funding for community violence intervention programs, including support from Medicaid. And lastly, um, educating healthcare uh, practitioners about clear and present danger reports and how to file them. 
But clearly, at at the top of the list, we are really focused on passing Karina's bill in the Senate. And and I want to find out later before we go today uh, how people can get involved in that, too. So I I do want to get into specifics. Uh, Tell us about the importance of Karina's bill and how it aims to strengthen protections for survivors. Sure, sure. And, And to highlight this, I want to just share a couple of statistics with you. So we know that domestic violence and guns are a lethal combination. Abusive partners are five times more likely to kill their female victims if they, if they have access to a gun, turning a violent partner into a killer in an instant. And the risk of intimate partner homicides increases 500% when abusers have access to a gun. So, so Karina's bill strengthens an already existing state law to protect domestic violence survivors uh, from firearms. And, and it ensures the safety and peace of mind for survivors. So currently, court-ordered protections from firearms in the home is applied inconsistently and ineffectively across the state. So, so even when survivors are granted an order of protection, law enforcement often does not have a clear directive to remove a firearm from the home within 24 hours. So Karina's bill requires law enforcement to remove any firearms from the home within 24 hours of a domestic violence survivor being granted a firearm remedy in an order of protection. Specifically, I'm going to say this again so listeners can hear it and understand it. This legislation would require anyone subject to a domestic violence restraining order to turn in their guns within 24 hours to law in, a law enforcement officer. There's no gray area. So without these policies in place, we are risking the lives of too many victims of domestic violence, both women and men. When women or when anyone is in danger and knows that that someone in their life is a threat to them, it's already a a very uh, emotional experience. It's already they're already in a state of emergency. So how do you anticipate Karina's bill making a tangible difference in the lives of survivors? And what what led to the need for this legislation? Yes, thank thank you for that question, Patty. So um, last year in Illinois, there were 106 domestic violence shootings reported from 22 counties across across uh, across our state. Uh, this legislation was named in honor of Karina Gonzalez, who was shot and killed in July, along with her 15 year old daughter Daniela, by Karina's husband. Even though. Karina was granted an order of protection that could have led and should have led to the removal of his firearm by law enforcement. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we have seen similar cases. In November, Adriana Lopez was shot and killed by an ex-boyfriend. She also had an order of protection. Right now, we are leaving the guns in the hands of abusers and allowing them to maintain uh, power over their victims. So without a clear directive, You see, there's no timeline on when firearms need to be removed from a household. This legislation does that. These two tragic cases show us that we cannot afford to delay passing Karina's bill any longer because lives are literally on the line. 
Indeed. And and look, I've I've advocated in, in Springfield for issues that are important to the community, and it is uh, a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, working with legislators can often feel like herding cats, uh, and you have a lot of different personalities to, 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 to work with, to deal with. Everyone has a different perspective. They'll talk about their constituents. So tell us a little bit about the challenges and what obstacles you foresee in pushing these priorities and what you do, what you plan on doing to overcome them. Thank you. Thank you. So, well, you know, as you know, (laughs) it's, you know, it's a big election season and we know that we're going to see delays on what they call controversial bills. And this includes Karina's bill, you know, but we we know we can't delay, delay it being passed any longer because it's, it's a life or death matter. Um, so one aim alongside advocates in the gun violence prevention and domestic violence prevention spaces are coming together, speaking with lawmakers to make an urgent push. Um, so, you know, to overcome those obstacles, we've got to come together. We've got to build the coalition. We've got to make noise. We've got to go to Springfield. We've got to take talk to our lawmakers. We've got to make this so important that our legislators, leg, legislators have to listen and have to hear. I, I wish you the very best in that. I know that many of them will, uh, and it's it's so vital to uh, the safety of so many people in our state. So how can we get involved in supporting these legislative in- initiatives? Is there anything specific we can do? What do you want our listeners to, to know? Sure. Thank you. Thank you. So um, listeners can contact their state senator in support of Karina's bill. The more noise, as I said, that, that we make around a, a legislation, this legislation in particular, the bigger the urgency becomes. So I invite listeners to go to our website. Please join the One Aim Gun Violence Prevention Coalition. Um, join our advocacy days with our elected officials uh, here in Chicago and in Springfield. Um, if you can't participate in person, you know, going to in-person advocacy um, events or, or efforts, you can join um, our phone and text message banks, participate in many other digital advocacy actions to raise awareness about the bill. And to do that, just go to our website. You can go on, you can join our coalition, you can sign up to get um, alerts, um, our newsletter, our, our website is oneaimil.org. That is O-N-E-A-I-M-I-L dot O-R-G. Um, and our website, if, if you want to learn about, you know, uh, our gun current gun laws, um, what still needs to be passed in Illinois, what we've already passed, um, we have fact sheets on our website. We have links to numerous other resources. So you can go download those, learn about the issues. And also you can, we need volunteers, you know, so please sign up to volunteer with us. If you can't do in-person volunteering, there's a ton of, uh, I need help. You know, one aim, we need help. We're a small organization. Please volunteer with us. And you can donate to the cause. You know, anything you can give to this cause is so helpful. Um, And, you know, for those of you who are listening, um, who may be a survivor of gun violence, or you know someone who is a survivor of gun violence, we have a survivors council uh, that meets with survivors to provide resources and safe spaces for them to gather, support one another, and get involved in advocacy efforts 
uh, to prevent others from having their loved ones taken uh, to um, this national uh, public health epidemic. Uh, Lastly, you can always email me personally. I love hearing from communities. We have monthly coalition calls. We just had a policy and coalition summit. Like I said, we're going to be going to Springfield. Please email me at Yolanda at oneaimil.org. That's Y-O-L-A-N-D-A at O-N-E-A-I-M-I-L dot O-R-G. Stay in touch because we need you. And sometimes it feels like it's an issue we can't overcome but we can. We can. It and just I, means coming together. And I am committed. I know that I've, I've been working as much as I can. Last year we had a lot of medical issues in my family, and, and I think we're coming out of the, the haze of all that. So I'm committing to, to putting in more time and getting more people involved, whether it's financially or volunteering. And we'll be committing time on this show and, uh, and other events to making that happen. And I know I only had you scheduled for about 15 minutes, but if you have a couple more minutes, I'd love to ask you uh, some follow-up questions before we let you go. Is that Okay. I would love that. I would love that. Thank you, Patty. Excellent. So in addition to the conversation we've been having, uh, what strategies, in addition to the efforts in Springfield, what strategies is One Aim Illinois using to address gun violence in our communities? Sure. So, you know, as I I mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're, we're focusing on bringing different, I would say, groups, advocacy groups together, um, such as domestic violence uh, prevention groups, and then we have um, gun violence prevention groups. Well, also, um, we are bridging the gap between gun violence prevention movement and the community violence intervention movement. Um, We have to be in the communities that are impacted by by gun violence uh, to, to prevent it. And so by working with these community violence intervention, uh, another acronym for that is CVI orgs, we expand beyond, uh, we can expand upon our policymaking. Uh, you know, we, we get to work on the ground with the communities that are, are hurting the most, specifically our black and brown communities. So that is one way, one strategy. And I know that you're, we've talked a, a, quite a bit about Karina's Law, which is a, a priority, but you have so many elements that you want to make sure that people are aware of and the work that you're dedicated to. So another priority or second priority is the Homicide Victims Families Rights Act. Can you share with us what that legislation is, uh, what it does, and what it can mean for families who have been impacted by gun violence? Sure, yes, yes. So the Homicide Victims Families Rights Act allows individuals to request that their loved ones' unsolved first or second-degree murder cases committed more than three years prior can be reopened. See, CPD only arrests uh, someone in about 18.6% of homicides, um, but will tell the public they clear about 48% of homicides. And these numbers are specifically lower than the national average Uh, Once a case is cleared, either by arrest or by exception, law enforcement stops investigating. And in many cases, the exceptional means still needs to be investigated. Uh, This legislation is a significant stride towards justice, providing a sense of closure for grieving families. Um, Within our Survivors Council and the survivors that I work with who still haven't seen justice, they're children, their loved ones, their partners, family members uh, have been uh, taken due to gun violence. And they may not have heard from, you know, um, the detective on the case for quite some time. 
Um, and there's some, you know, I, I can come on on your show another time and talk a little bit more about that. There's some reasons behind that. You know, of course, CPD, they need more funding. We need more detectives, right? But but there needs to be fresh eyes on these cases. And so this particular um, act, the Homicide Victims Families Rights Act, it's very dear to the survivor community and to the advocate community. It's something that needs to happen. So that this is why it's a, a priority. We need to ensure that survivors, these you know family members, um, get justice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all the insight. And we've been talking to, to, talking to the executive director of One Aim Illinois, Yolanda Andrazo. And uh, I want I want you know what I've always wanted to do, Yolanda, is have a field trip to Springfield. So maybe on one of those action days, uh, we schedule you know I make arrangements and, and uh, get folks on the Amtrak and head down to Springfield so we can join you in these efforts in a, in a big public show of, of support. Patty, yes. <laughs> I say yes and yes. yes. Let's do it. Yep. I'm ready because, and I want to thank you, Patty, for being our, our board member and for everything that you do on this show. I'm always listening to you. Like right now, I'm not driving, I'm sitting. But, you know, we love you. And because um, that's, we be driving at home with Patty. That's all I can say. So let's. Let's drive to Springfield with Patty. Yes. Let's do it. Let's I do like it. it. Well, we'll ride. We'll ride to, we'll ride to Springfield because we'll I like taking Amtrak. It's one of my favorite things. Yolanda, I wish you the very best, and, and I look forward to seeing you very soon. Again, it's oneaimil.org, everyone. Go to the website. Learn more about the work that we do. Uh, support the efforts to convince our legislators. Call your state senators. If you don't know, you can go. There's plenty of places folks can go. Look on your voter registration card. Uh, you can go to openstates.org, and there's a lot of places to go. Do you have any one place you direct people to find out who their electeds are, Yolanda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to our website and click on the Take Action button, and from there you will be directed to another site where you personally look up your state legislators. Out- it's all there. Easy tool. Easy oh, tool. So many reasons to go to oneaimil.org, everybody. I will see you on the website. Have a great evening, Yolanda. My best to everyone. Take care. You too, Patty. Great bye. Job. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank let's, you. Thank, Bye-bye. Thank you. When we come back, let's continue our conversation. Do you have any any thoughts you got? 773-763-9278. I would love to hear from you. I, I do want to talk about uh, a few things. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show, we talked about Uvalde and uh, Merrick Garland's uh, investigation into how that was, what the response was. Uh, what else is in the news? We've got uh, Donald Trump uh, was not in court today. Uh, we've got just a lot of things. What's what's on your mind? We'll talk about it when we come back. 773-763-9278. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Heart Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percent of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing heart seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. My friend Marty, he wants to split the party. He wants blue folks and red states to vote green. I can see his point, though. I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange. Nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His royal orange highness, he does love to divide us. 
We've got to stick together and vote blue. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. I do my level best, yes, it's true. But when I'm voting in November, I promise to remember it's us against him. Gotta vote blue. Don't think I'm a hater, I love Ralph Nader. I don't blame him for the mess in Y2K. With those who represent us, I'm playing the percentages, voting blue down the ticket all the way. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. And I drive a freaking Prius, yes, it's true. And it's blue. But when I'm voting this election, the best eco-protection is to kick the orange out. Gotta vote blue. The Greens throw all this crazy math at me, but I'm tired of the whole world having a good laugh at me. <laughs> when I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be, and in the primary I voted for Bernie too, twice. But we need some peace and harmony, so I'm voting for our nominee, and if you need to hold your nose, just do. That's cool, I'll even hold your nose for you, just vote blue. Every once in a while, I just want you to hear the whole song. That's Steve Goody from his album, What I Did During My Pandemic Vacation. You can go to stevegoody.com, G-O-O-D-I-E. And uh, we, of course, uh, appear every Monday night on the Virtual Comedy Show. Go to virtualcomedyshow.com. Monday nights at 9, it's a free show. Uh, we do pass the hat at some point. Hey, Jim in Chicago, what's on your mind? Hi, Teddy. I feel like I'm being strong-armed, which I don't enjoy. I, I don't enjoy it. By the Republican Party, by the Catholic Republicans, by, especially by the Supreme Court. Since Bush v. Gore, uh, the uh, decision to let billionaires rule the roost, uh, the Dobbs decision, I feel like I'm being strong-armed by a court. You're talking about gun reform. What are the odds that they're going to do anything about it? Apparently, they're going to have to go shooting on these yachts. and and uh, Yeah. But, see, that should be part of the Democratic message this year. Besides uh, uh, pro-choice, it should be reform the Supreme Court. It's somewhere in the language uh, for our slogan this year. Because we have to get after that. Because, Patty, you're 50. I'm in my 70s. These guys are going to outlast us. And if they want to legislate from the bench, which is not what our Constitution intended, that no. uh, uh, the seven, the, the six dwarfs, the six uh, House of the Seven Gables tells us the, uh, regardless of what we vote for, or what referendums we pass, they're going to tell us what, how we're going to live. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, can't, that can't stand, Teddy. It just can't stand. We... We, we, I, I know how, you know, it's got to be reformed. Uh, Roosevelt tried to get, I know that he, he had such a difficulty passing his early legislation. Right. And, and, and the Supreme Court was, uh, you know, still Republican at that time, and they didn't believe in uh, helping anybody. That, that was, uh, was lazy for if you died in the street, it didn't matter. But he threatened them. And they came out a little bit on Social Security, but we've got to put that in our message, Patty, uh, to reform the Supreme Court and as soon as possible. There's so many anyway, things. Patty, that, there's so many things that you know, whether it's uh, you know campaign campaign finance reform, uh, the Electoral College, uh, the Supreme Court. There's so many things. It's like you know, could you guys just? 
do something about this? You know, how we, you know, like you said, how we live our lives. Yep. I'm still, you're smarting over the same decision I am. I was in Prague when, when, uh, when uh, the Bush v. Gore thing was getting on the plane and, they, and CBS, yeah. they had rather called Florida for, for, yeah. back, for, uh, for, for Gore. He right. called it for Gore. For, right. I got on the plane. I got on the plane, and my girlfriend fell asleep, but I'm still fancy. So I asked that it was the British Airways, and I asked him, which was, oh, no, Florida's up for grabs. What is this? So I ran right into the cockpit until we landed. I couldn't believe it. And then to take that decision out of, out of the Florida Supreme Court and give Bush the presidency, and we know the rest of the history. He's probably the worst president in history, except for this lunatic that we got now. But we can't let the Supreme Court rule the roost. That's my point. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just can't. No. It can't, can't go on. We have to say, how do we reform the Supreme Court? Some of the better thinkers than I have to dream up something that uh, has, a, has a practical approach to this uh, Supreme Court because we have to deal with this because it's too crucial for uh, for any kind of positive legislation. Anyway, Patty, thanks for taking my call. Great show as usual. Thank you, Patty. Thanks, Jim. Have a great night. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation when we come back on WCPT 820 AM and KTNF 950 AM. Our friends listening in Minneapolis-St. Paul, we're so happy to have you. It's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I, uh, I just did something I haven't done in years, which is open a uh, Twitter account. <laughs> just because I, I, I don't remember my, I can't, I can't get in here on my password, Alejandro. And so I'm like, I'll just create a, an account just so, because I'm trying to find this audio of Donald Trump talking about, not, can you, you know, you can use your microphone. Do you want to join me on the air? Hey, uh, Alejandro, can you meet me on the air? Uh, <laughs> no, that microphone works. He doesn't know. You can come, you can come in too. If you, either way, he's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. All right, come on in. Because uh, we, um, <laughs> by the way, let me get this uh, information. I'm trying to sign up for uh, for Twitter just so I can play some of this audio from uh, Donald Trump's speech last night. And it was surreal to say the least. Alejandro, you know that microphone in there works. You can go, come and grab a microphone. Oh, the headphones don't work? Well, come and grab, grab a seat. You can hear me in here. That's all right. <laughs> I'll just come in and tell you that the headphones don't work. Uh, I, I will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put into the budget for you to have a, a headphones. Hey, Alejandro, how have hey, you been? I'm very good. How about you? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy, we haven't seen each we other. We haven't seen each other at all. And when we did see each other, it was very hectic with our uh, Republican war on education. So, That's right. So was, I was always like <laughs> running out of the room and stuff. It's good to see you, my friend. It's very nice to see you as well. Uh, yeah, we, um, I, have you, do you remember when you signed up for Twitter? That was many moons ago. Yeah, right? Many moons ago. It's a little bit weird now. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember. I'm sure I did it on my phone and it was like, I I joined in 2009. So it has been 14 years. And I I created an extra account a while ago called Lipstick Mom just to play around with it. Sure. Because that was my brand at the time. Okay. And, uh, but I wanted to play this audio because I can do, I know I can do it from this screen. Mm -hmm. But so did you, like, this asks you, like, what what do you want to see on your Twitter feed? 
right? And oh. you know, one of the options is not politics and government. Ah, uh, smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Elon does not want us. It's all like entertainment and sports, fitness. And then when, so I was like, all right, I'll choose business and financing, science, like close to what I want to follow. Sure. But then when you, so when you go on business, of course, what do you think one of your options are? Uh, that's a great question. I'm not sure. Tesla. Tesla, of course. <laughs> Elon like, Musk, Tesla, of course. Oh my of course. god! Yeah. Oh my god! You gotta have geez. Tesla, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to sign up for an account. Um, will you help me with something? Absolutely. And the audience can too. But uh, I am going to start doing some, like mom centric segments. I am so tired of the Moms for Liberty, like seeking out this territory as though they have some moral high ground. Mm. Okay. When it comes like Moms for Liberty sure. in Awake, Illinois. Mm. And I know there's some like groups around the country, like there's Red Wine and Blue, which uh, really Very catchy name. Right? Isn't that? Very I'm like, catchy. I know. And it, I'm sort of mad at it. <laughs> I'm sort of mad at how great it is. Uh, so Red Wine and Blue was very instrumental in their ground roots advocacy and uh, all the, the, the basically door to door and canvassing for the abortion protections in Ohio. Mm. So they did a lot of work there. And then there's Motherhood for Good in Wisconsin. So I'm trying to like, I'm going to have a couple segments a, a week that like Jess Piper is a dem, a progressive mom. And we've got a lot of electeds like Representative Kifowit. We've got all these moms who are doing the work and sure. I want to amplify that. So I'm trying to figure out the name for those segments. And uh, mm. so, so I, you know, what my favorite is, but I don't think I can use it. Mm. Moms for Liberty Biberty. <laughs> Try saying that three times, it, right? Well, have you seen the commercial? For, I have not. You know, it's a commercial for mm. uh, for like Liberty. I don't know if it's Liberty. So I should know what the the poor company is like. It's Liberty Mutual mm-hmm. or whatever. So sure. the, it's a it's a very funny com- uh, string of commercials. Uh, it's Liberty. The guy like can't get the line right. He's like Liberty Biberty. <laughs> but I say it kind of takes I, a I'll swing. Give you a cheat code on that, by the way. Would, if you're trying to come up with something, yes. and I, I don't support this, but it comes in handy from time to time. AI, AI, Chat GPT. AI. So what do I do? Just put in the concept and it spits out a bunch? Of- so it depends because I tried this the other day. Uh, I was trying to word a sentence and make it look fancier than it, you know, that I could come up with it. Okay. And it worked. It, it looked really nice. I was actually updating uh, you know, my resume. You got to do that for 2024. You got to update it, right? Yeah. And I went on Google and I typed in uh, AI and a few different sites popped up. And okay. there was some that you can generate some content. Right. Like maybe... I don't know, try two, three times for free before you actually have to pay for the service. And I, I'm not even going to lie. It was really good. Which one, was, which one do you use? You want to tell me like Quillbot or? Uh... I couldn't even tell you. I just went on Google, just typed in AI and it just, whichever one let me do it for free. That's the one I went with. All right. I'm going to try Quillbot. Okay. So you're saying I could put in Moms for Liberty to mm-hmm. get something similar mm-hmm. for my, for the name that I want for this. Right. So, And it'll tell you like, okay, do you want it to sound friendly? Do you want it to sound <laughs> professional? Do you want it to sound, it gives you all these aggressive. different options. Aggressive, right? <laughs> Moms for Liberty. Yeah. Grr. Grr. I put grr at the end of yeah. it? Oh, we're going to try this in real time. Because, you know, this is how I actually there was a segment I used to have called What's in the Box. Mm. Um, and it was it was chosen by a listener because, you you know, the I don't know if I should tell you what the bit was. Sure. Why not? Uh, so the bit was I went to my man to management and I mm-hmm. said, I have an idea for a segment. I want to do theatrical readings of reviews of adult toys. Interesting. Yes, right? That's very what I thought. I very thought it was very interesting because yes, yes. women really put a lot of information and, and like, but, but smart ones, right? Like, not like dirty. There were some that were very, you know, just went into details. Gotcha. But were still mm-hmm. appropriate, I felt, for air. And he goes, no. Mm. But how about if you made it a game where listeners would guess if it was an, an adult toy or an appliance? <laughs> Right? So we would read reviews right. of, like, let's say a toaster mm. heats up too fast. 
is it a toaster or is it an adult toy? Right. So that it worked. And um, so we didn't know what to call it. And I put it to the audience and they called Somebody called it because you when you or I was taking all the reviews from Amazon. Sure. So all the Amazon boxes look the same. It could be an action toy for my sons or an adult toy for me, which meant I had to get up early to make sure I got my my. <laughs> they, they both come with a Kung Fu grip, right? <laughs> they both got the Kung Fu grip. You know this bit. Oh, yeah. Hold on, let yeah. me do this real quick. Hey, sure, sure. So uh, so anyway, <laughs> I could do all these things. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I thought maybe I could put this to the audience. Sure. It, okay, so we're going into uh, – to, to uh, I'm on Quillbot. And hold on a second. Why can't I just go to Quillbot? It's got a – this isn't is it as easy as you made me think it was. So Quill I have a professional bot. Canva account. Oh, can and I put it in Canva? Canva? You can put it in Canva. Uh, okay. There is a uh, – when you're creating a project, there is a document. And you can type in uh, whatever you want. You could re- type in, like, for example, if I want to respond to a letter, it will mm-hmm. come up with a whole response, or oh. it will tell you to enhance uh, whatever text you put in there. Okay. Hold on a second. Ref- so rephrase. Moms for Liberty comes out. It just says Moms for Liberty again. <laughs> but so it's, so it's rephrase. Mo- oh, Mothers for Liberty. Mothers for Liberty? <laughs> This mama for liberty. This mama for liberty. There you go. So the one I put, the one I registered on, uh, on, uh, let's see, what did I choose? I chose something on Twitter as my handle. What do I want to see next? We'll just do that. Come on, just let me be done. I do, I do want to miss out. No, I don't want to follow. It's, it's giving me. It's like, do you want to follow Elon Musk? No, I really do oh, not. Oh, yeah, he's the first one too. Yeah, I do want to follow President Biden. Thank sure. you for asking. Yeah. And uh, maybe AccuWeather. Sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Although I like Carrot. Well, do you have a, a weather app on your phone? I do. What do you have? Do you have which one do you have? Just a standard one. I have an iPhone, so okay. just a standard one. I recommend Carrot. Carrot. But Carrot gets a little bit not just snarky, mm. but a little bit uh a little, a little risque. She uses some language, is all I'm saying. Uh oh. It's cold. I, I suggest something hot. Uh, yeah, she does a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I can't uh, say any of it. Oh, gotcha, here. gotcha. So what's my let me see what I did uh here. I can't now I can't remember what name I chose. I feel like I oh, uh I I chose mom on a mission. Is that that's not. It's a little too. No, it's mom on a straight mission. to the point. Mom on a mission. Straight to the point. Yeah. Okay. So that's for now. It's my Twitter handle, folks. Okay. If you want to follow me at mom on a mission, on I a haven't mission. posted anything. Right. I don't even have a photo. All right. I just created it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so mom, on a, let's see what Diane thinks. Hold on a second. Let's, sure. Hey, uh, Diane is calling from Chicago. Hey, Diane, it's been a while. How have you been? Yeah. Well, I got a serious XM radio, so I've been bouncing around. And um, what I want to suggest. For uh, your website, how about Moms Against Tyranny? Moms Against Tyranny. Mm. All right, I like it. Moms Against Tyranny. Uh, the, now, he, let's think of it this way, though, right? Let's think of this as a twenty-year segment. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I'll always be against tyranny. I'm just hoping it's not as big of a threat in twenty years. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but. Uh- Right now, yeah. what are we dealing with? You, absolutely, we're dealing with fighting against tyranny. We're dealing with tyranny. Let's see if I. Par- uh, you can always, you can always <laughs> put it later. It's just a suggestion. No, no, no here's I, another I, thing. I put it, I put it in the uh, chat GPT, GPT, and it says, uh, "Moms opposing de- despotism." <laughs> I bet you nobody's going to have that one. No, no one's going to have, have that one. No one's going to have that one. What were you going to say, Diane? I uh, and, and since you're such a great comedian and I love your laugh, all right, I bounced around. Um, 98 on Sirius XM, there's a comedian station called Pure Comedy. 
All right. There's no swear words in it. There's no vulgarity in it. There's no sex jokes in it. It would be perfect for you. Well, Why don't you check into it? Actually, and see if- actually, what I could do is I could, because I, so pure, I'm guessing pure comedy on Sirius is probably, so I did, they have a, a TV, uh, like a, a Netflix, like a streaming channel. I'm on their pure flicks. Uh, com- I did a comedy special for them, like a 10 minute comedy segment for them. Mm-hmm. So I should check and see if uh, they can just take that audio and put it on pure comedy. That makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I'd like to hear you and some of your other uh, fellow comedians, which I never get to see because I don't like crowds. That's that's oh. why I don't go to any. I can't. No, no, no. I, I can't know. do crowds. Okay, you can, so you can but, find you can find uh, if you go to YouTube and put my name in there. You should be able to find uh, a couple of clips. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a big problem. I'm not computer. I'm not YouTube. Gotcha. I'm not Netflix. Okay. All right. I'm just AM FM radio, um, and Sirius satellite radio. All right. And then just a flip phone that calls in, calls out. Okay. No texting. No none of that. Gotcha. I want to stay under the radi- radar. Okay. Fair All right. Enough. That, that's my goal. Stay okay. under the radar. But I'd love to hear your laugh on pure comedy because it, it, it's really great. I think you fit right in with the rest of them. I appreciate that. You really that. would. Thank you. Okay. Thank and, you, um, Yep. And just, uh, you know, um, just for the meantime and between time, because what we're going through, yeah. Moms for Liberty. No. No? No. Moms no. Against Tyranny. Moms Against Tyranny, but my, my joke was Moms for Liberty Biberty. It's just making fun of uh, uh, the, the little Moms <laughs> for Liberty, because they're, they're not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a laugh out of it. I, I really did. I just wanted to give you a suggestion, yeah. you know, and touch I base appreciate- and let you know. Yeah. The reason why I'm not really calling so much is because I'm bouncing around from Sirius Satellite Radio to AM FM Radio. All well, right. Make, I make don't sure. want a TV. I don't want any of that. Well, I'm, and I'm trying to get some of the these mom segments. I'm trying to figure out if there's a place for those on Sirius. So we're trying, we're trying to figure out all the different ways we can keep getting the word out and having these conversations. So it's good to know. I appreciate it, Diane. And I appreciate you, and you have a great night, and Thank I you. look forward to hearing your laugh again, because, you know, I bounce off the satellite radio and bounce onto you, and then if it's a topic on satellite radio that I really want to hear, well, then I miss your program, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but mostly I bounce to you. I just haven't called lately, and I just wanted to touch base and let you know I still appreciate, I still care, and love and light to your family, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's take a break here. And uh, Alejandro, are you looking for more names for my uh, for my segments? I, I kind of am, but yeah. I also got a, a really good description of what Mother's Liberty could stand for. Okay. Like if you were to type it in in, in, in your description. Can I read oh, it yeah. real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, t- I'll type it in. Yeah, go ahead. Of course. Okay. So this is a pretty good one. Mothers for Liberty is a grassroots organization that was founded by a group of concerned parents who wanted to advocate for the protection of their children's rights education. The organization missions is to empower parents to take an active role in their children's education and to advocate for policies that promote freedom, individual rights, and parental choice. Yeah, see, and that's all about, so that, you know, the 
group ended up doing. Mm. They're all anti-trans and they're book banning. That's what Moms for Liberty is out of oh. Florida. And this, have you seen this story where the woman who created Moms for Liberty out of Florida? Yes, she she is against drag uh, drag you know performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's against gay relationships. Well, she and her husband had a three way relationship with a woman, mm. and the woman was more interested in having the physical relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And her husband went to that. You haven't seen this story? I have not. Oh, it's super crazy. That's why I'm making fun of Moms for Liberty. <laughs> so that's why I'm calling it Moms for Liberty Biberty. Mm-hmm. Yes. So parental choice is about um, deciding what's in the schools. So they're t- so the woman's name is Ziegler. I can't remember her first name. But I mean, like they, people have been testifying for days down in Florida demanding that she resign from the school board. Mm-hmm. But her husband sexually assaulted the woman that was in the part of the three-way tryst. He went over and demanded that she, because the woman was like, he goes, uh, well, she can't make it tonight. My wife can't make it. How about just you and me? And she's like, no, I'm actually more interested in your wife. <laughs> and he went over and sexually assaulted and like raped her. It's no. like super crazy. Yeah, the craziest thing. So you didn't know about Moms for Liberty. Good. I did not. You live in a beautiful place. <laughs> you live in a beautiful place where yes. Moms for Liberty is not. Uh, yeah, they they have been uh, electing. They they were they lost. They've been organizing uh, parent groups, and they're the ones. You know, all those school board meetings that get like protests and sure. death threats that originate a lot of it originates from groups like moms for liberty oh my god so uh, that's what i'm saying we need like a, a progressive sort of a mom's message is what i'm trying to figure out progressives moms for liberty <laughs> there you go oh. I like, there we go boom <laughs> alejandro our producer today let me take a break here Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. more in a moment when we come back on wcpt 820 heartland signal and ktnf 950 a.m minneapolis st paul to driving it home with patty basket on wcpt 820 20. Sorry, everybody. I, was, I wanted to grab the phone and not make uh, people wait on hold. So I'm like, it's Dave from Hoffman Estates. I'm like, who? He's like, it's Dave. Hey, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but I never answer, I've never answered the phone. I, I've never answered the phone off the air. Hi, Dave. What's up? Oh, okay. Whatever. Uh, I was just wondering with uh, Trump's mother-in-law died now. Is he going to bury her next to Ivana, or is he going to bury her on a different golf course so he gets another invention? Yeah, depending on how many documents he has to hide. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible how he wanted to have his his courtroom date delayed, but not his rallies or appearances at the caucuses yeah. and primaries this week. Yeah, exactly, so he could mourn. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you mentioned something, too, about the way he had that rambling speech at the— where he led up to about his mother-in-law's death or something. It was just like, was not making anything coherent when he was talking. He said even that some of the people sitting in there had just kind of got up and left after a while. Yeah, I'm trying to, that's why I was trying to log into Twitter so I could play some of that speech, because he does, he goes on this rambling, in four minutes, can you imagine, they always make fun of, of President Biden, and look, uh, you know, if, right. if Donald Trump is suffering from some ailment, you know, he needs to take care of himself, why don't you just take a couple of days off, relax, let your lawyers take care of everything, they seem to have everything under control, uh, just, you know, we don't know what's going on with those blisters on his hand, have you seen those those close-ups of his, of his yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't know what that from, you know. It's a, either did he get it from swinging the golf club too hard, or is it some kind of herpes on the hand, or what is it? You know. So. Oh, here I've got the but, here. Uh, stand by, stand by, Dave. I think I have the audio. Let me let me pull this up. 
Let me see if I can do this. Okay. Don't don't go anywhere. Let's see if we can listen to this together. Hold on. I think I, I have to push all the right buttons here. There's this. Liquid gold and wealth under our feet than any other nation. We have more liquid gold, oil and gas, more liquid gold. Well, I just met non-liquid gold. You know where it was? Iowa. It's called corn. They have, it's non-liquid. That's my day. You have more non-liquid Gold. They said, what is that? I said, corn. They said, we love that idea. You know, that's pretty cool for isn't, isn't it? Isn't non-liquid that's gold That's a nickname in its gold? own way, but we came up with a new word for, a new couple of words for corn. Earned that. And, you know, <laughs> no, we... What the... What in the world? <laughs> yeah, we, I'm just going to play... I'm just going to play that on a loop for folks, because this is who you want to elect. We've got a new word for, for liquid, non-liquid gold. It's corn. No, that's not at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's... It's called fructose, yeah. you dingbat. I, I, my sense is that uh, he was trying to sound. And why talk about Iowa now that you've left? Like that's done and dusted, and all of a sudden he wants to ramble on. Hold on let me see if it does it make more sense if you listen to it again. I don't think so. Uh, let's see. I do that. Let's can we break this we down? We have more liquid yeah, gold and wealth under our feet than any other nation. We have more liquid gold. Uh, at any rate, uh, it just seems like a very strange choice to ramble on about non-liquid gold for no reason. You guys, uh, again, there is a lot of work to do. This is, you know what? I want everyone to uh, just put this uh, in the nominating category for the Silver Dome Award. If we could just go ahead and send that off to our, our friends with <laughs> journalism for the state of Illinois. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us today. Tomorrow, of course, is uh, our first timer Friday. We have some great gifts to give away tomorrow. So if you've never called my show before... And it's okay if you called the other shows, but if you've never had a chance to call into my show, we have some great gift cards to give away from Gindo's Spice of Life Hot Sauce. Uh, I have uh, I have six bottles of hot sauce, and uh, I'm gonna start gifting them to a few of my friends. But I, I I'm trying to like uh, mix and match because there's one that has uh, that's a chimichurri sauce. I've got one with strawberry and basil. They do a great job of blending uh, hot spices with uh, just a melody of other wonderful flavors. So I. I can't recommend Gindo's Spice of Life hot sauce more. They're right out of St. Charles, so they're a great small local business. We also uh, have some wonderful gift cards and treats to offer you from Brown Sugar Bakery right here in Chicago. And uh, they're uh, available in grocery stores and, and going national as well. We have Crave Brothers Farm Said Cheese of Waterloo, Wisconsin. Incredible cheese, you guys. Some of my favorite. We've got Sam's Famous Salsa of Naperville. We're actually going to check in with Sam in a couple weeks about his other business that he he wants to let you know about uh, f- his food safety, um, keeping everybody up to date on how they can uh, make sure that people are safe in the in the kitchens and where food is prepared. Uh, he's worked with the military and has uh, really made some innovations in that industry. We also want to thank our friends Timeless Toys for providing uh, gift cards and Rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends. I always love seeing them at our farmer's markets. And, of course, they've got some of the best rubs for – well, this is going to sound wrong. It's like my last segment, best rubs for your meat. That's all I'm saying. Rub your meat everybody with some rollicking buckaroo pepper jam and seasoning blends hungry monkey baking company now available at possibly a jewel near you definitely at jewels um and check and you know find out if they're available near you hungry monkey baking company of lake forest uve kitchen and wine bar always serving up great treats and we want to thank our friends at boot tights go to boottights.com for some of the best tights out there as well they got the oh the comfy socks it's great in this weather thank you everything thank you for everything tonight alejandro uh, i will see you again soon next thursday yes 
next Thursday for Alejandro. And uh, thank you to all of our guests today. Mike Crute uh, is up next with The Devil's Advocate, followed by Matt McNeil. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, everybody.